the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, this is Casey Fields. I am the manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Here is the latest from the Dome to Your Home, the association's weekly legislative report for the week of March 11th. The Senate met in regular session last week while the House of Representatives debated the budget last Monday and Tuesday. Both of the bills related to the South Carolina Tort Claims Act remain on the Senate contested calendar, and the Municipal Tax Relief Act remains in a Senate subcommittee. The House of Representatives adopted its version of the budget on Wednesday morning, sending it to the Senate Finance Committee. Here are several updates on your advocacy initiatives. House Bill 3132 and Senate Bill 217 were introduced in the House and Senate to give cities the ability to use state and local accommodations and hospitality tax revenue to control and repair flooding and drainage in tourist-related areas. The Senate passed 217 and sent it to the House of Representatives, where it was referred to the House Ways and Means Committee. Please encourage your House members to support Senate Bill 217. House Bill 3137, sponsored by a bipartisan group of House members, was introduced to change the local government fund formula to a more predictable funding level from year to year. The House of Representatives passed House Bill 3137 and sent it to the Senate, where it was referred to the Senate Finance Committee. Again, continue to contact your senators and encourage them to support House Bill 3137. The House Ways and Means Committee allocated over $3 million in funding to the Criminal Justice Academy to increase training for officers. With this additional funding, the Academy can increase capacity and decrease wait times for admitting new officers. The full House of Representatives adopted the additional funding for the Academy in its version of the state budget. And speaking of the budget, last Wednesday morning, the House gave final approval to its version of the budget. Included are the following items. $11.1 million is added to the local government fund base amount of $222.6 million for a new base amount of $233.7 million. The 1% credit for employers' retirement system contributions, which was funded in last year's budget, is again funded in the 2020 budget. $22 million in non-recurring funds are provided as a match for FEMA funds for Hurricane Florence. Non-recurring PTSD funding is not included in the House version of the budget. $2 million in recurring funding is provided to the Criminal Justice Academy to reduce its funding dependence on fees and fines. An additional $1.47 million is provided to the Criminal Justice Academy for mobile training. There was a new proviso added by the full House of Representatives included in their version of the budget that exempts retired state employees from the $10,000 earning cap as long as the retiree has been retired from the state for 12 consecutive months. Next, the bill goes to the Senate Finance Committee for debate. The tobacco preemption bills passed out of a subcommittee this week, Senate Bill 492 and House Bill 3274, Those bills prohibit municipalities from enacting laws related to the ingredients, flavors, or licensing of cigarettes, electronic cigarettes, tobacco products, or nicotine products. They were amended and passed by a Senate Medical Affairs Subcommittee last Thursday. The amendment that was added 
It adds language clarifying that the bill is not intended to interfere with local ordinances that prohibit smoking or vaping in public places. The bill is scheduled to be heard by the full Senate Medical Affairs Committee next week. Please contact members of the Senate Medical Affairs Committee and continue to ask them to vote no on Senate Bill 492 and House Bill 3274. In this week's podcast, I've invited Scott Slatton and Tiger Wells to come talk about what happened last week at the State House and what is coming up this week. Scott covered the House budget debate for us last week. Scott, give us just a paint a picture about what that looked like. So it's a very large picture and a long picture, Casey. They started on Monday, the House did, at about one o'clock in the afternoon, and they very diligently ran through what's called the Part 1A portion of the budget. There's a Part 1A and there's a Part 1B. The Part 1A is just the recurring uh, amounts of monies that are put into the budget almost by rote every year. And so those sections of the budget, most of those 118 sections of the budget were passed very quickly. There there were 20-some-odd sections in Part 1A that they uh, that they skipped over because legislators had questions about amounts that were allocated in those line items. Maybe there were some thoughts among some House members that they wanted to amend some of those sections in Part 1A, and so they were skipped over. But once those questions are answered by staff or by other legislators, uh, particularly on House Ways and Means Committee who craft the budget, then they come back to that section and they, and they pass it. So they finished about 7 o'clock on Monday evening. And they came back on Tuesday morning and started, uh, they, they came back in at about 9.30, but they did, actually didn't get started until about 10. And then, so they completed the 1A sections uh, uh, quickly on uh, Tuesday morning and then got to the Part 1B sections. And this is where provisos are introduced by legislators and voted on. Uh, provisos, for if you don't know, those are one-year authorizations that are put into the budget to do various things. To uh, And really, they're just temporary laws that legislators use to accomplish, hopefully, short-term things. But, but sometimes, oftentimes, provisos get into the budget and they don't come out for a long time. But anyway, uh, that was what they worked on Tuesday all the way until Wednesday morning at about 1.20. You're telling me that you were there until 1.20? A.M. on okay. Wednesday morning. Yes, that's right. And so the, the, our primary purpose in having someone on scene and online and on alert is to protect against provisos that could get introduced without our prior knowledge and then be ready to spring into action to stop those provisos or, you know, on a rare occasion, support the proviso. Uh, and so that's what I was there doing, uh, doing for the 15 hours or so. The House typically and, and almost annually gets stuck on a couple of issues that takes up an inordinate amount of time uh, during the 1B debates. This year, as usual, uh, they spent about three and a half hours on a proviso that would defund Planned Parenthood, particularly with an aim to try and cut out taxpayer-funded abortions, and I'll, I'll put that in quotes uh, because the fact of the matter is, according to Planned Parenthood and other uh, third parties, the state budget 
state funds don't actually go to that. But there are a number of legislators who are, who are passionate about this, this issue, and, uh, and they bring it up each year. And the other sticking point that took a good bit of time was the legislature's plans or the, or the thoughts about converting Denmark Technical College into a trade school. And so the House members from that part of the state who are huge supporters of Denmark Tech were fighting very hard to propose different provisos that would uh, keep Denmark Tech open and largely intact the way you see it today. Those measures largely failed, but but that didn't mean that they that they didn't want to continue to fight. And then the other fight that took a little bit of time was uh, one that Representative Gildacob Hunter from Orangeburg has has perennially fought for, and that is an increase in the salaries for state employees, particularly those who make less than $50,000 a year. So she had a number of provisos that she she argued in favor of, and of course, ultimately, she failed in in her efforts. There was one attempt at the very end, very early Wednesday morning, to derail some of these requests or to use the $61 million dollars that was resulting from the lottery ticket being won here in South Carolina. There was an attempt to claim that that money had not yet been certified by the BEA, right. which is what the, the, stall, the, the law says you have to do. That objection was brushed aside by the speaker, and uh, they, they moved on to the vote at the end of the morning at about 1.20. And so they came back uh, Wednesday morning at 10.30, did third reading on the budget, and it now goes to Senate Finance. So we will follow, obviously, just as closely the work of Senate Finance. When yeah, we, we start working on the House version of the budget to see where we fall in any of that and keep everybody up. That's right. We repeat the cycle in the Senate. We'll be vigilant just like we did on the House side. I'll report that there were no provisos that were introduced. I should have said that at the beginning, but there were no provisos introduced uh, during that 1B discussion that were detrimental to cities and towns. And in fact, there were a couple of attempts to put the local government fund back at full formula, the regular, the existing formula, but those efforts failed as well. Scott, thank you for spending the night at the state house to cover the budget. Appreciate Couple it. that with the change in the time and it's been a long was, week. Yeah, that was it was, a doozy it was a long week a last doozy. week, yeah. So Tiger, last week the a Senate Medical Affairs Subcommittee passed out the two House and Senate versions of the tobacco preemption bills. That Tell is, us how that subcommittee went and what should we expect next. That, that's correct, Casey, as you noted. That was the that was actually the second subcommittee hearing that they had on the Senate version, the S-492, and it was the first subcommittee hearing uh, where House Bill 3274, the identical bill that had been passed by the House, actually joined it on the the agenda. And so surprisingly, they spent most of the time talking about S-492, but then made identical changes to both bills and passed both of them out to full committee to be debated um, later on this week, on this Thursday, actually. Um, They took additional testimony. Um, You had people who had signed up at the last meeting actually defer their time and allow uh, pediatricians and medical doctors to come in and speak who would not have otherwise been able to get on the list since they were not taking testimony from individuals who had not previously signed up. Um, 
those uh, pediatricians and, and uh, medical doctors and folks that work with medical hospitals, uh, pe- you know, pediatric hospitals talked about um, the ease with which uh, children oftentimes get around some of the existing restrictions right. that are in place on the statewide level, uh, including the restriction that's supposed to keep anyone under the age of 18 from getting their hands on these types of tobacco products or vaping products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of them to, to the person other than one individual who was there on behalf of the uh, convenience stores association, I believe, all of them were speaking in defense of home rule and right, um, in de- defense of local autonomy on these issues and so that local communities would, would be able to continue to, to um, spring into action if necessary on the local level. So they passed the two bills out, but not without some hesitation. That's right. They did pass an amendment to both of those bills, adding a line in. We have not actually uh, physically seen it, but the amendment was described uh, at the the subcommittee hearing. And what it was intended to do is to make it abundantly clear uh, that this bill, if it passes, would not negatively impact municipalities' ability to to enforce their no-smoking bans or to Mm -hmm. even amend their no-smoking bans to add vaping Mm-hmm. or use of e-cigarettes and those other alternative nicotine products to their existing bans or to pass new bans. They just can't restrict. The, it would pre, preempt them from restricting the sale of these products in their community. So the big thing is for our listeners is to remember that on Thursday, full medical affairs will debate these two bills. And they can they need to continue to call their senators, especially members of the Senate Medical Affairs Committee, and ask them to vote no. That is correct. Exactly. Vote no on both bills. And we thought last week was busy. This week coming up, we've got annexation, the tobacco bill we just talked about on full committee, and the plastic bag ban bill, among everything else we've got going on. So be sure to follow the legislative team on Twitter and check back next week for the latest in municipal legislative news from the South Carolina State House. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.